warm up the grill, grab a beverage, and paint your face. What is that? I painted my face. You painted your face? Yeah. This is Danny and Dusty on Wildcard Week. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. Why? Well, you know, support the team. The Fan. Good afternoon! Happy Football Friday to you! A super wild card football Friday on Danny and Dusty. Still no Danny Meringue, the Meringatang. I talked to him uh, for about five minutes today. Uh, and I will say, four and a half minutes of that was Danny coughing. Um, oh, good. So it's, it's good that he's not here today, yeah. but he is starting to feel a little bit better. I guess at least he had a choice. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Playing injured again for the second straight day is Jeffrey Rust. Yeah. How are you, Rust? Uh, well, I don't know. Yesterday I felt better. Today not so great. That's a man again. who loves his hot wife, and <laughs> that's what the T-shirt of the day is. Absolutely. I'm not just saying that. No, yeah. That would be just a weird thing for me to just come out That would and be say. an awkward thing to say. Yeah. yeah. Your t-shirt of the day is, I heart my hot wife. Yep. So he loves his hot wife, and he loves radio so damn much he's here. Yeah. And I don't have a choice. No. That, no. <laughs> no. There's literally nobody else. You love, you love radio. I love radio. So much. I love lamp. <laughs> uh, we may catch Jeff Rust in a fever dream <laughs> during this <laughs> during this show. Unicorns will be great radio. Yes. I'm I'm here to tell you that I am looking forward to like drug induced <laughs> Jeff Rust. All I got in me is a little Dayquil. All right, we can change that. <laughs> uh, Today is the day where I thought we were going to be able to go off the rails at the beginning of the show. We, we're momentarily doing it. Hell, I'm going to do it anyways. But uh, I do want to get this out there. Uh, multiple reports say Kalen DeBoer will replace Nick Saban as the head coach at the University of Alabama. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of sad Huskies out there. And yes. rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, this is a big, this is a big loss for, for Dub, for the Huskies and, uh, how quickly it can, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not been not a great good. week for, uh, Husky fans. Quite possibly the worst week you could po- <laughs> have. Lose the national championship game, lose your head coach, lose, I don't know, your offense because <laughs> everybody's right. gone. Everybody's gone. Everybody's gone. Uh yeah, it's a it's it's a tough time to be a Husky fan. Uh I for one will not be dancing on the grave of of the Washington Huskies. It may sound like it at times, <laughs> but I'm going to be like we we have to lay out the facts at some point of where Washington is at. There's no shame in being a stepping stone school. <laughs> Damn. Well, actually, you know what? That that's a warranted comeback from you. Because that's exactly what Washington fans were saying when Dan Lanning's name immediately came up when Nick Saban stepped aside. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> I will not be dancing on the grave of Washington fans. Just leave it to me. <laughs> that sick, and I mean it, that sick mofo on the other side of the screen over there is the one who can do it. He's literally sick. Yeah. And deranged. There we go. I'll call him cough on all of you. 
By the way, two negative COVID tests 24 hours apart, so it's not that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We 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 will talk about uh, Washington, DeBoer, what this all means, the fallout from it. Like the Look, uh, if a tree falls in Alabama, do you hear it in the Northwest? We heard it loud and clear up here, man. We certainly did. It rattled some cages up here, <laughs> and so we will be discussing all of this. And, uh, you know, how about Bama settling on their fourth choice? We got that that we need to get to. We got Super Wild Card Weekend. I am super pumped yes. for Super Wild Card Weekend. There's going to be a couple of super cold games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's my uh, Where's my drops of uh, Super Duper Big Play? Where's that one at? Is that not on the old uh, football page there? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, where I see it. Here it is. Right. Super Duper Big Play! I'm looking forward to a lot of Super Duper Big Plays. I don't even know where that is on, on my football page. It's green and yellow down there, bottom left-ish. Okay. Oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. Uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of super duper big plays yeah. on Super Wild Card Weekend. The real news, though, is Snowmageddon. Yeah. All right. It's been postponed a little bit, apparently. Pushed back from, because, you know, it's supposed to be starting perhaps some snow this morning and then later this afternoon, but no. it's like for most of us, it's going to hold off yep. until overnight. My kids are out of school early. You kids getting out of school early? Yes. Yeah, I think everybody's like three hours early. Screw it. Yeah. So yeah, the, the we don't want to risk it. She's probably on her way home right now. This is uh, the and this is smart. Uh, like usually, I'm like, oh come on, the preemptive leaving. What yeah. are we doing here? Right. We're Oregonians. Yeah. We went through this on Monday when when Big Will Ortner was in, and we went over this like we panic here. The grocery stores have no food. Yeah. <laughs> the roads will be packed. Everybody's going to be leaving early. Yeah. And even if it doesn't get bad, sometimes they're like, hey, it shouldn't get bad till tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, a bunch of snow happens. Yep. This happened to us last year. Yeah. This happened to you and I last year. Yes. You and I live about a mile and a half away from each other. Give or take. Yep. Yep. Pretty close. And we were, I left 20 minutes before you. Yeah. And it took me 22 minutes to get home. Mm-hmm. Do you want to refresh the people on how long it took you to get home on the same day? Uh, it took me, I think it was a little over two hours, maybe two and a half, just to hit the Vista Ridge Tunnel from here. <laughs> and I made it home in a in a svelte about five and a half hours. So, in including, that included minute, like sitting in the tunnel for like an hour 45, too. That is terrifying, by the way. Yeah. That's like one of my... You're like, talking, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am I get claustrophobic like that, too. And I start getting images of the Stallone movie, uh, what is it, Daybreak? Is that the one where he gets caught in the tunnel? Like I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'd miss that one. Yeah. That was like 95-ish, right? I don't think you're the right? only one. Yeah. That I, sounds about right. I, I, I know what movie you're talking about, and I think that was... Stallone went through a rough patch yeah. of movies, right? Yes. Like, for for every, you know, Demolition Man or Judge Dredd, you got Daybreak. Maybe that isn't... Boy, there's a lot of movies in here called Daybreak, and I don't see one with Sly yet. Okay. Maybe it's not Stallone. Didn't see it. Well, it was a sly one. I remember that. All Maybe right. That's just not the name. Anyway. Getting caught in a tunnel is, is terrible. Bridges, being stuck on a bridge and being stuck in a tunnel is mm -hmm. when, in my mind, I go, oh, this is when the big one's going to happen. Yeah. Right? We've been waiting for 150 years for this earthquake, damn yep. it. And we could go another 150, but when I'm stuck in traffic on a bridge or if I'm on traffic in a in a tunnel... That's when it's going to happen. Right, of course. That's when it's going to happen. Yeah. That goes through my mind. We may be just weirdos in that. 
I think we're pretty normal. I think that's a normal thing. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, just like you always have, like, an escape plan, right? Right. Like, uh, all right, so if it does happen, how am I, how, how am I going to survive this when nobody else does? Still don't have a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> Daylight. That's what it was called. Sure. There you we were go. close. Yeah. You were close. 1996. Yeah. Yeah. So we have um, we have Snowmageddon happening. And the, uh, back to that, that 20 minutes between you and I leaving. Yeah. What? It, was, it, it quite was a literally, five hour difference. It was a five hour and ten minute difference. Yeah. In our commutes home. Yeah. So I'm okay with like, hey, school getting out early. You you want to leave a little bit early because mm-hmm. jamming the streets when it's cold and people are just freaking out. Yeah. If the if the weather comes a little sooner, I I don't I don't knock it. Yeah. Well, was that the day too when kids like a bunch of kids were getting stuck on buses for eight hours and such, or was that a previous storm? That's I think that was a previous storm. Okay. Uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah. I. Yeah, sure. They all blend together. Yeah. yeah. In Be- you're talking in, in Beaverton. There yeah. was like kids were stuck at school for like eight hours. Yeah, and in yeah. buses. In yeah. as well. That ain't it, boss. No. That ain't it. Um so yeah, the the snow the snowpocalypse, the snowmageddon, um, it's all coming. Yeah. It's all coming. Yeah, I made the trek into QFC last night and that place was bananas. Bananas. Yeah. I mean, yeah, empty shelves and the lines were all the way down the aisles and it was crazy. Yeah. This okay. Here we go on this one. Um how much snow are we getting? Can t- Vancouver Ford Text Line 503-864-6326. I have seen and I've been reading everywhere. Uh-huh. And I have seen everything from like fifteen inches to four inches. I saw earlier this week I was seeing for tomorrow anyway, about eight to twelve, but the last I saw is is they're predicting like five to eight tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 15 inches is too much. That's a lot. I mean, four inches is it's perfectly adequate for right. <laughs> exactly what you need to get done. Okay? Yes. You know, that's just it's it's okay. That's a lot, okay? It can satisfy all the sledding needs. All right. I've got a huge one for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you get four to six inches, that's okay. <laughs> all right? Don't complain. Ten to fifteen inches, too much snow. All right? Be happy with the four to six inches that you get. <laughs> all right. The ice is where it's going to get us all to. All right? Uh, starting to snow in Beaverton. We got snowing in Happy Valley right now. Snowing in Tualatin right now. Uh, boy, we got a we got a Look at this. The Action News 1080 weather team. Yes, our roving all weather right? reporters. Uh, my wife is in St. John's. She was like, it's snowing here as she was leaving her school. Uh-huh. And uh, it was like, she goes, snowing where you are? I'm like, I'm in a windowless studio. What makes you think I know this? So I went out and I poked at my head outside, not snowing in downtown Portland uh, underneath a bridge, if you're wondering. Okay. So uh, be safe out there. Just uh, be safe. Yeah. All right? Yeah. All right. Take your time. I feel like the last... Two minutes is go. Uh oh, here comes more. Uh, <laughs> the last two minutes is going to send our YouTube chat in directly into the side of the mountain. Yeah, and uh, you animals in there, if you're watching on YouTube.com/slash 1080am the fan, uh, you're welcome for the content. We got oh no snow in Banks right now, but we do have snow in Westland, so it appears it's moving east to west. Gotcha. All right, that and we got some south winds. Okay, all right. Uh, Okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) 
is your snow nickname Little Dusty? Four to six inches is enough. Um, <laughs> if you guys want to call this the the, the dusty storm of twenty twenty four, go ahead, guys. All right. All right. Oh man. Uh, content. That's what we're here for. All right. <clears throat> God bless y'all. Let's uh let's get into some some football stuff. We we've, we've got <laughs> uh uh we've got a lot that we got to get to today. So uh you know if you're stuck in a five hour traffic jam, look, I got you covered for the next three hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> Keep it we, here. We got this. Uh, hopefully Jeff Russ doesn't go into a coughing fit during his updates. Hopefully, uh, or during any point of the show. But I did uh, have that happen once years ago. It's, yeah, we've coughing oh, fit right through it, and I I don't think I got two words out the entire ninety seconds. Anybody who has done updates has been through this. I remember one time I was uh, doing an update for prime time, and somebody I think it was pop, somebody brought like popcorn in. It was around the holidays. Oh, that's a rough one to eat in studio. Oh, dude, I got popcorn stuck in like a little kernel stuck in my throat. Yeah, and I was like, I sounded like a cat. Yeah, like <laughs> pop <laughs> popcorn or peanuts. That's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. All right, uh, where we got to start this radio program off? Alabama has their man, reportedly. And Washington's looking for a new one. Danny and Dusty on the fan. This is a Wild Card Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. Boy, the hits just keep on coming as uh, this week has been a flurry of news stories and, and big ones at that. Just think of where this week started. We have, we have the college football playoff national championship game on Monday night feels like forever ago now, doesn't it? It really does. It feels like a lifetime ago. And this may go down as one of the worst weeks in recent memory And for, for Husky fans. You lose the national title game. You now lose your head coach. It's bookended by bad news on both sides. Yeah. Um, and if you're a Husky and a Seahawk fan, now you're sitting there and you're going, oh, boy. boy everything's up in the air. I got no coaches. Um, and God forbid, like you're my neighbor, Boring Gary, who is a – Blazer, Mariners, Seahawks, and Husky fan. He just texted me, I'm Oof. quitting sports. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> There's your sign. Blazers lose by 62 points this week. Man. you Well, not just 62. You lose by 62 and what was it, uh, uh, 29 against the Knicks? Uh, it has not been a very good uh, road trip for them. That is to be sure. No, we'll we'll maybe get into that yeah. uh, today because it's it's been gnarly. But uh, we started with the national championship game, and then we have on Wednesday we have our back to back double whammies: Pete Carroll and Nick Saban both stepping aside. It sent everybody into that that tizzy over. All right, Dan Lanning was the number one target for the University of Alabama to replace Nick Saban. Thursday we get Bill Belichick news and in him being fired as the head coach of the New England Patriots. And then here we are on Friday after Alabama in in look college football searches they are the more pressing than the NFL jobs, right? I mean that is we know that because yeah, uh, the calendar never stops. Yeah. Right? There is no off season in, in college football. So we go through Alabama with yesterday we were cracking the mics and we were talking about Dan Lanning emphatically. Says I ain't going anywhere. 
If you're scared your coach is leaving, come play for us. And he takes his name out of the hopper. That was option number one by almost every major reporter's account of Alabama's coaching search. Dan Lanning was number one. And if he wasn't number one, he was number two to Steve Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian, he posted earlier this morning, you know, his commitment to the University of Texas. Then you go down the list, you say, all right, Mike Norvell, Florida State's head coach. Apparently those con those talks with Alabama were very real with Mike Norvell. And Florida State comes over the top. They recommit to him, give him a contract extension worth upwards of $80 million where he's going to be getting paid about $10 million a year to be the head coach at Florida State. They they can make a big commitment to NIL in their meetings with Norvell. They have a $450 million facilities upgrade that is ongoing at, at Florida State University. So they keep Mike Norvell. Now you're down to your fourth option. And Kalen DeBoer was always that one that was kind of just lingering out there because of the uncertainty with his contract. Mm-hmm. Because of a buyout that is at, I think, $12 million for Kalen DeBoer, it was something that Alabama has no problem with that. Yeah, That will not be an issue for them. They'll find that in the couch cushions. By all, all of the reporting and accounts that are out there, the latest is that uh, Washington was willing to up the ante for Kalen DeBoer to give him around, what was it, up north of $9 million in base salary a year. Yeah. To, to retain him. Yep. So this then becomes a not a money issue for Kalen DeBoer when he more than doubles his salary, $4.2 million this year, yeah. more than doubles his salary to stay at the University of Washington. It was the allure of Alabama for Kalen DeBoer. Yeah. Who is, a, and, and this is what I talked about yesterday. That, that that giving that Dan Lanning his first crack and his first opportunity, mm-hmm. that loyalty was there with Dan Lanning because it was a major job at a prominent program, and it was his first one, yep. and they pushed all in on him. Yeah, Kalen DeBoer is a guy who he has worked his damn way up, and he's earned it. Absolutely. Like, he has earned every step of, his, of the way. Yeah. You're damn right. The NAIA is the epicenter of the Alabama coaching search because Dan Lanning played NAIA ball. Kalen DeBoer played NAIA ball. Huh? Yeah. Uh, chalk one up for the little guy, huh? Absolutely. Goodness gracious, but Kalen DeBoer, think about what he's done. He was a player at Sioux Falls, which is a, a prominent NAIA program. I believe they're D2 now. Uh, they left us. But he won... Three national titles at uh, at Sioux Falls between 2005 and 2009. His second season won a national title. And then he goes and he does the coordinator uh, circuit, Southern Illinois of the FCS, works his way up to Maction with Eastern Michigan. And then he gets uh, his crack at Fresno State with Jeff Tedford as the offensive coordinator there in 2017-2018. Then goes to Indiana and he's he's in the Big Ten. He's finally in a big boy conference. Yep. Okay. As an as an offensive coordinator. So think about this. He started his his college career in 2000 as an offensive coordinator at Sioux Falls. He has stepped his way up from offensive coordinator to head coach there. Then goes to the FCS as a coordinator. FBS works his way up from MAC into the Mountain West to the Big Ten. Gets a head coaching job in the Mountain West at Fresno State. And then, obviously, what he's been able to do at Washington over two seasons was incredible. 25-3 yeah. and three record um, with <laughs> one of those losses being in the national title game. Yeah. As a head coach, his his record is 104-12. and 12. 
It's like the score last night's Blazer game. His whole <laughs> pretty damn close. <laughs> but he has his whole his whole mantra of winners win, right? He he does it at an incredible clip. No yeah. matter where he's been, his track record has backed it up. And even at Fresno State, right? He took over that that program during the COVID year, where they were five hundred team in that first year after getting the keys handed to him uh, by Tedford, and then he goes nine and three in his first real season as the head coach there. He knows how to coach ball. Yeah. He knows how to get guys to pull in the same direction, right? And they always it's culture and it's scheme. He is very good at what he does. He's got a core of coaches that he takes with him from place to place. And this may be something that Alabama's kind of looking at and going, all right, does does he bring Ryan Grubb with him? Is Ryan Grubb going to be the next head coach at University of Washington? You know, Grubb's name was floated out there last year as a head coaching candidate, and he said, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to stick with my guy DeBoer, and we're going we're gonna to run it back one more time, as everybody else did at Washington. And it paid off in a massive way. Now, Kalen DeBoer goes down to the SEC, where this is going to be the biggest test that he has, not just because you're in the shadows of Nick Saban, you're at the University of Alabama, and you are in the SEC. This is the biggest task that he has because he has to get out of his comfort zone even further than anything he's ever done before yep. because you have got to recruit as a top five recruiter. And that is something that he has not done. He has been a great developer of talent. He has held on to the talent that he has on his rosters, right? At mm-hmm. Washington, that was the big thing. He held on to that talent. But you now it comes to evaluation and recruiting and selling yourself to the five-star recruits, because Alabama sells itself to an extent, right? But it sold itself because of Nick Saban yeah. in large part. Right. We forget Alabama was not good no. in the Shula days. Yeah. It, yeah. They're, they're, Alabama, when Nick Saban got hired, was not the Alabama that they are now, not anywhere close. Yeah. And you are looking at a, a situation where he's got to hold on to that or this will be. If you do not recruit, you do not win at Bama. It's full stop. And, like, this is a transfer portal era where these guys that are playing for Bama, they don't know DeBoer from Adam, right? He, right. They, they don't. They're like, I don't know. I came to play for Nick Saban, the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Number one receiver on their team just entered the transfer portal today. They There will be guys who, who leave that program. Oh, yeah. And because they were recruited by Kirby Smart. Because they were recruited by Ryan Day or Jim Harbaugh for now. Um, And the top recruiters in the country. This is a different animal that Kalen DeBoer is taking over. What it means, though, for the University of Washington is a whole heck of a lot more. A team meeting has been scheduled at 1.30, where we are all assuming that that will be Kalen DeBoer telling his guys that he is going to leave and take that job. Yeah. Or somebody will be telling those guys that... Kalen DeBoer has taken the job at the University of Alabama. Now we move forward with where does Washington go from here? That after Rust with SportsCenter. This is a Wild Card Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. All right, uh, Pete Dammel, ESPN, reporting that Kalen DeBoer has officially 
notified the University of Washington that he will be taking the University of Alabama job, and the team will find out from the man himself in a meeting at 1.30. Spoiler alert, they already know. (laughs) Right. And that's the crummy thing about all these is that you think of it in these terms like this, you do have to slow down and kind of put your foot on the brakes a little bit and think of this. Anybody that has a problem with the transfer portal, this is why the transfer portal is good. Yeah. Okay. You can't just have coaches being the ones that just only them being able to leave on a whim. There are so many guys that do commit to a university for the university, for the pride of the university, because they grew up there and that is their fit. And those guys will stay and they won't, they won't leave. Damian Martinez at Oregon State, right? You know, he he tweeted out, built, not bought. Mm, I have a feeling he's getting some money, too. <laughs> um, but when you think of the players, they commit to a coach, a staff, a culture, and a university. I, I think in that order. A coach, a staff, a culture, then a university. And... This is hard for for some of those guys, even though he's only been there for two years. Okay, and then you think of not just the assistant coaches with Kalen DeBoer, who will be going with him. Like, I mean, you you would assume that he takes, you know, Ryan Grubb if he can with him to Alabama. But you think of all the support staffers around, and it, those are people that usually don't leave the program. There are uh, oftentimes you hold over. The business side and the support staffers, these things are hard on 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 athletic departments, not just you, the fans that are out there. Right. So those things to think about. But um, we press on because those aren't the sexy things. Right. Those aren't the things that people want to know about. People want to know where the hell does Washington go from here? And for Duck fans, Coog fans that are dancing on the grave of Washington right now, make no mistake, Washington is an attractive job still. It is an, it is a very attractive job. Now, whomever the next head coach is that steps in, the staff that steps into Washington, you've got some major holes to fill. Yes. Because you don't know what's going to happen with, you know, was it, uh, uh, I always get it mixed up, is it Will Howard, the quarterback from Mississippi State, that, or was it Will Rogers, the quarterback from Mississippi State that is uh, transferring up? Who knows what his status is? Because coach leaves, you can go. But you are replacing Michael Penix Jr. Roma Dunze declared for the NFL draft today. Dylan Johnson. Uh, I think it's Will Rogers because it looks like Will, Will Howard committed to Ohio State. Yeah, Will Howard is the Kansas State guy who's going to Ohio State. Yes. Yeah, Will Rogers, Mississippi State to UW. Uh, but Michael Penix Jr., he gone. Roma Dunze, gone. Dylan Johnson declared for the NFL draft today. Uh, Jalen McMillan, gone. Jalen Polk, gone. Your starting left tackle is gone. You have got, I mean, think of the importance of those six. That's just those six guys. Right. And what those guys mean. And then you take on, it doesn't matter how many guys tell you, and I'll say the exact same thing about UW that I did about Oregon State. Mm -hmm. It does not matter over the next 24, 48, 72 hours how many guys tell you we're in it. Right. Everybody is galvanized right now. Yes. And they are going to stick together right now. It's emotional response time. In a week, the dust will start to settle. Yeah. And there will be guys that take a look around and say, all right, I got to look out for myself. And this is the this is where all of these 
jobs that open up, you've got to act quick and you've got to be swift in your response to hiring a new head coach. That is of the utmost importance yes. if you're the University of Washington. Uh, Pete Thamel has put out a quick list. Uh, I'm not sure if this is his own creation, but uh, in no order. Lance Leipold, Jed Fish, Matt Campbell, Ryan Grubb, Barry Odom, Chris Kleeman, uh, Kyle Whittingham, Dave Clawson, and Kalani Sataki. All right. Um so that is a in Chris. Uh, let's we we can break that break that list down because I I do believe that is a very good list uh, that is out there. And this is an attractive job because you are in Seattle, you are entering the Big Ten. Uh, financially, the university isn't on the steadiest of footing with the debt that is out there. But right. pay no attention to that. Boosters tend to rally in these sorts of times, and you can uh, muster it back up and 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 get a get a get a coach if you want to go through that list and we could just kind of just start checking it off Lance Leipold Kansas head coach we we've seen uh his rise through the coaching ranks he is a guy that um he, he was North Dakota State guy mm-hmm. he has kind of been, been a climber uh client uh wait Leipold is the buffalo yeah, Chris yeah. Chris Kleiman is a guy from North Dakota State, but Lance Leipold has done a phenomenal job at Kansas, making them relevant again. Jed Fish, I think that is the name that you kind of circle and you go after. That's pretty interesting to me because it's it's uh he's building his own thing and he's having a lot more success in Arizona than people probably would have thought, and it's happening pretty quickly. Would he want? Does he want to stay there and perhaps be, uh, make Arizona a big fish in what is now obviously a weaker Big 12? Okay. Uh, we can go through. Jed, Jed Fish does have experience in the Big 10, right? He he did coach at, at Michigan mm-hmm. uh, prior, and, and Jed Fish is a guy that he is he's an awesome guy to talk to and got, got to talk to him a couple Pac-12 media days in a row and, and getting to kind of pick his brain. He's always been, I want to always learn from the best to ever do it, right? And so he's kind of gone and he's grabbed things from everybody from Bill Belichick to Nick Saban to to Harbaugh to whomever he can get information from. Jed Fish is an interesting one because, and here's why, you mentioned the Arizona thing. Remember the $200 million accounting error that they had at Arizona this past (laughs) fall? Mm Mm-hmm. That is going to me. That is going to have a ripple effect across their entire athletic department. They say that basketball and football will not be affected by it, but the university as a whole is. You have a chance to go from entering the Big Twelve at Arizona to a school potentially in Washington of entering the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. One thing that Jed Fish has has exceeded in every expectation. One, their on field performance was. Incredible this year. Yes. And near the end of the year, that was a team that nobody wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And they crowned themselves Pac-12 South champions because they had a slow start and furious finish. They didn't have the wins to, to get themselves in the Pac-12 championship game. But he is a guy that is picking off five-star recruits and getting them to go to Arizona. If I'm Washington, my list probably starts with Jed Fish at Arizona. Mm-hmm. I think he would be a, a very good hire. Culture, recruiter, and winner. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Jed Fish is a guy that I would probably circle there. Matt Campbell is, is also on that list from Thamel. He's a guy that just a few years ago he would have been one of those one of the top names that Alabama was looking at. The Iowa State head coach. They have taken a big step back this past year. Now is the is it the time where Matt Campbell says, "All right, now I'm going to pack it up and, and head for greener pastures." I don't know if he's the recruiter that they're looking for, um, per se. 
But you could uh, say X's and O's wise, culture wise, that guy would be a good fit, but he is more Midwest than West Coast type of guy. Ryan Grubb is the offensive coordinator currently uh, under Kalen DeBoer at the University of Washington. He would be the in-house guy. His name was brought up in several coaching searches last year. He came back for one more year. Um, But familiarity with the program is keeping more of a status quo. Better opportunity to hold on to a lot of the guys on the roster uh, because of the faith and the belief in Ryan Grubb. Uh, But does he want to go with Kalen DeBoer to Alabama and be an offensive coordinator? Look, not everybody has the mentality to be a head coach. Right. And Ryan Grubb just may be a guy who um, is okay and happy with being an offensive coordinator. Barry Odom, he's a guy that uh, failed at Missouri, was a head coach at Missouri. He goes over, takes the UNLV job, UNLV in one year. He turned that thing around. Marcus Arroyo did not leave a, a, a bare cupboard for Barry Odom at UNLV this past year. But uh-huh. this is another Mountain West guy looking for a life raft into a, a bigger conference. A very good job. I think that that one probably is buried a little bit further down on the list because it's one thing. And Kalen DeBoer did it in short order at Fresno State. But it's double uh, dipping into that Mountain West and saying, hey, a guy who turned a program around quick, quickly in the Mountain West, maybe we can strike while the iron's hot. The recruiting chops in the SEC didn't work out for Barry Odom, right? right? UNLV, you're kind of a bigger fish in a small pond in the Mountain West where it's easier to recruit there. Yeah. You're having to recruit against Oregon, SC, UCLA, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, okay? that I don't know if, if that's where you want Barry Odom to be is up in Seattle. Chris Kleiman, uh, Kansas State head coach, he's done a phenomenal job at North Dakota State and then now at Kansas State. He's a culture guy. He is a developer of talent type type player basically you can look at Lance Leipold and and Chris Kleiman kind of cut from the same cloth and the same mold of developing talent doing Mm -hmm. more with less and being very competitive can they recruit to keep Washington at the level that they're at that is going to be the main question that they have with a guy like him Uh, Kyle Whittingham Utah's head coach they're going from the from the Pac-12 to the Big 12 obviously he is a lifer at Utah he is from you know born and bred state of Utah guy whether it's BYU or the University of Utah Whittingham is Utah football. Here's the question with Kyle Whittingham. Last season, 2022, remember, we had uh, all of the questions and he had to answer all the questions about his his retirement, how many yeah. more years he has in him to to be the head coach. He has tried to quell those, but if you have last year those those questions rising, how long are you going to have Kyle Whittingham for? And it would just be it would just feel weird to see him anywhere other than Utah. It would, but he's a damn good football coach. Oh yeah, absolutely. A damn good football coach. Do you suppose maybe uh, Jonathan Smith is getting a little bit of buyer's remorse? <laughs> uh, I would assume so. He would be the front runner for this job. Yeah. Had Jonathan Smith stuck it out at Oregon State and not jumped at the very first opportunity, Jonathan Smith would have been number one on this list. Yeah. And it would have been the guy that you say, that makes sense. He's gone. Now, listen, uh, also, has it been too long? Because we've seen people, coaches, whatnot, do an about-face before. Do you think, does he have it in him to, to be like, well, you know what, Michigan State, maybe I maybe I acted too quickly here. No, that would be the ultimate heel turn, especially as you enter the Big Ten and you're going to be a conference opponent now. <laughs> Watch out now. Watch out now. Fireworks. Uh, but there, I'm sure there is a little bit of buyer's remorse from Jonathan Smith in this. Uh, I really do. Um, I bet he's sitting there looking at it going, oh, man, I used to be a coordinator there. I have inroads there. Uh, 
Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe kicking himself a little bit. Also on Thamel's list that he kind of posted, um, Dave Clawson was on there. He's a Wake Forest head coach. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know what his connection to Pete Thamel is, but he's the name that doesn't make sense on this list. Has never coached on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Has done okay at Wake Forest. One ten win season. Um, and that was the only season that he won. He went eleven and three in twenty twenty one with Sam Hartman, and that is the only year he has won nine games or more. And he went eleven and three. He has more seasons of four or fewer wins than he does eight or more wins. So that's a name that I don't know. That one doesn't quite make sense. Maybe he knows his agent. And then Kalani Sataki, the BYU head coach, who is a very good recruiter. Fans at Oregon State know. Mm-hmm. Um, the uptick that he had in his brief time with Gary Anderson at Oregon State, he can get into homes, Polynesian Pipeline, that UW already has open. You can continue to keep that open. He's a very good head coach and a young head coach, but he is at his alma mater. Yeah. Okay, so that that's the list, and then we threw in Jonathan Smith there of the people that their names are being kicked around, and this is very interesting. One other name that that was out there, and not by Thamel, but has been floated out there, Cliff Kingsbury, too, former Texas Tech head coach who went on uh, to coach at uh, the Arizona Cardinals. This past year was at uh, USC with Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want offense, that makes sense. You're going to go air raid. Yeah. But we know what the shortcomings of Cliff King- Kingsbury are, and we yeah. saw them in the Big Ten. Well, and how does an air raid kind of offense work out in the Big Ten and when you're going to have to be playing at places like Columbus and Ann Arbor and, and at Penn State, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- there, this is a – there's a lot of murky waters that Washington has to navigate right now. And, oh, by the way, you're doing this with Troy Dannon, who was introduced during the Oregon game in Seattle in October. <laughs> was his first day, boots on the ground, yeah. in Seattle. He is a guy that uh, came from Tulane to the University of Washington. Okay? Don't think you're not going to get Willie Fritz. He just took the job at Houston. So. <laughs> And ax Willie Fritz right off that list. Um, and his connections and his ties are from the Midwest. And uh, and I think he's a Northern Illinois, Northern Iowa guy. Um, so this is a huge hire for him. We're going to learn a lot about his connections and where he is going to kind of navigate this search and, and the type of coach that he's looking for. Every athletic director, and this was the big caution, right? And I, I mentioned this the other day. With Kalen DeBoer, it's not just a contract issue, but Jen Cohen leaving the job at UW to take USC's athletic director position and a new AD coming in, that led to a little bit more unrest there and uneasiness. Yeah. Well, now it has come to fruition. And that's not to say that Troy Dannon is the reason why Kalen DeBoer left. By n- n- No, no. But. The person that hired you is there no more. Yeah. Smoothing that over and having these conversations. It's a lot easier to tell somebody who you just met in October no. Right. Than it is the person that hired you and brought you in from Fresno State. So th- these are uh, uneasy times for Washington fans. Riding the highest of highs, 14-0. and 0. A week ago, we if we had this conversation, 14-0, and 0, you're going to be playing for the national championship on Monday. you got a head coach who's young who's just been a winner nonstop, and now 
you lose the national title on Monday, you lose your coach on Friday, and where do the dogs go from here? 503-864-6326. That is a Vancouver Ford text line. This is Danny and Dusty on The Fan. This is a Wild Card Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at warrenallen.com. On 1080 The Fan. All right, 503-864-6326. That is the Vancouver Ford text line. Your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, and after the sale. Visit them online at VancouverFord.com. Text uh, on where... Where the Huskies should go from here. Pete Carroll wants to stay in Seattle. I heard Nick Saban's available as well. <laughs> There's crazier calls in to call uh, old Petey boy. Say, hey, we heard you still wanted to coach. Would right. you mind college again? Yeah, you don't have to move. I, I don't know if you want to have a 72-year-old take over your program and say, hey, we'll be here for four years. Right. Although he is when one I'm of the more seventy-six yeah. years old. He is one of the more youthful uh, 72s that you'll find. Yeah, now. life comes at you fast. Uh, yes. So does age. Uh, would they bring Chris Peterson back? I don't know if Chris Peterson wants to go back. Yeah, I mean, I think if he'd wanted to coach again, he doesn't need. He to. would be by now. He doesn't need to. Uh, what about? Uh, I'm going to edit this text here because it has the wrong name. What about Brent Brennan, San Jose State? I don't know if Brent Brennan has enough pelts on the wall. I mean, think of that list, though. Think of the list of guys that you could go after, whether. It is Jed Fish, which I think should be top of the list. And the fact that Colin Cowherd just tweeted that out as well, it makes me question uh, whether it should be. Ooh. But, well, like, uh, honestly, yeah. you know, yeah. like, uh, it, it's uh, it, it should be the first call that they make is to Jed Fish at, at Arizona. But you got developers of talent like Lance Leopold, Leopold at Kansas and Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, you know, it's a choose your own adventure on which one you want to go with because fish checks the box of developing talent, exceeding expectations, recruiting at a higher level than any of his predecessors did. Mm-hmm. He's done a very good job at that. Yeah. Um, and how long he will stay there. I don't know, but like you go down the list pretty far before you get to a guy like Brent Brennan, who has like, I think we forget how bad that San Jose State job was. He's hired fantastic assistants, very smart guys he's he's put around him. And you got to continue to kind of grow and build off of that. I, I don't think that he's going to be a guy that is at the top of, of this list mm-hmm. because UW is going to be an attractive job. It, it absolutely is going to be an attractive job. And uh, there's a lot that the coach is going to have to look into as well because it's not just um, – taking over a, a program that just played for a national championship. Look, man, like have you guys seen UW's schedule for next year too? UW did not get a any scheduling favors by the Big 10 next year. Um it is they obviously they end the year with Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh hold on one second, let me pull this up here real quick. They end the year with Oregon. But they also have trips to Rutgers, Michigan at home, to Iowa. You got USC, to Penn State, and UCLA on your schedule next year. So you have got you got a lot of the heavy hitters from the Big Ten. Yep. You have 
Michigan and Penn State. You're going to get put into a phone booth and the hell beat out of you by Iowa. We know that. They can't score for a lick. <laughs> but when you have to go to Kinnick Stadium, that's going to be a tough one. And you have SC, UCLA, and Oregon. Good golly, Miss Molly. That is a murderer's row. And if you take, you know, on the flip side of it, you take what Oregon has, they miss USC. They have Ohio State uh, and Michigan next year, but you get the Buckeyes at home. Um, that Washington sounds tougher. You think the Ducks got to go to Camp Randall as well? Mm-hmm. I mean, ah, dang. Luckily, the bottom of the Big Ten is not as good, you know? Not not the strongest yeah. of schedules. Right. But um, big shoes to fill. Kalen DeBoer out as the head coach at the University of Washington. He will take over uh, for Nick Saban at Alabama. Damn. Yeah. This is crazy how you kind of look at it and you, you say how the coaching cycle changes and how it kind of spins. Because nobody would have thought this coming out of the national championship game on Monday that this is where we would be at on Friday. And, oh, by the way, Michigan's job is about to open up real soon, too. Yeah. I mean, all of the smoke still indicates that Harbaugh is going to the NFL. We could have Michigan's job open up, too. Um, And this text says, you know, Ducks' Big Ten schedule is worse. It might be when you take a look at what is all coming back for Ohio State now, too, because that game against Ohio State, have you seen who's all coming back for Ohio State? No. So, obviously, they lost Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. Well, JT Tuamalau, uh, the edge rusher out of the state of Washington, oddly enough, he announced he's going to be returning for the 2024 season. So, they get their top edge rusher back. They get Denzel Burke, one of their top corners back. Amika uh, Ibuka, who's also from the state of Washington. I think he's from Stillicum. Jack Sawyer, edge rusher back. Their defensive tackle, Tyleek Williams, is coming back. One of the top guards, Donovan Jackson, is back. Um, they are all, like, top 100 prospects that are all coming back to Ohio State. It, it's very kind of similar to what is go- what happened at Washington last year with the exception of they don't have their Michael Penix Jr. coming back. Kyle McCord is gone, and they're getting Will uh, Howard, the Kansas State quarterback, to go up and, and, and take over at Ohio State. They, what, Ohio State will be loaded. Yeah. Loaded. Yes. Next year. Um, all right. 503 864 <clears throat> All right, let's uh, take a break from a little bit of college football. And uh, let's hit this NFL. We got Super Wild Card Weekend coming up. Danny Dusty on the fan. 